Okay, brothers and sisters in Christ, we are on the second Sunday on our study in Genesis. And today we're jumping one chapter, Genesis chapter 3. So keep your Bibles open. Right? And so we start from the glory of creation. We have such a great and amazing God who deserves all our worship, faith, and hope. And yet in Genesis chapter 3, we begin with the bad news that despite who God is and what He's done, man still chooses to throw it under the bed, right? Man still chooses to sin against God. So because a man continued to choose sin today, we are also um, stuck in the cycle of sin ourselves. So how do we break free from this cycle of sin and death that started with Adam and Eve? So I don't know about you if you have watched the news or heard it somewhere or saw pictures or videos on the web, but it is true that mankind is capable of doing the worst kind of things. Have you seen anything so evil and corrupt that it turns your stomach upside down? Right? For me, I really, really am appalled when I see news of sexual predators preying or the innocent, even online, stuff like that. So I am becoming protective because of the reality. Even on the web, there are evil men or women setting snares or traps against little children, right? Or there are also people who abuse kids. Um, there are places in the world today where they enslave kids for cheap labor, right? So that is happening today, okay? How about, uh, have you seen anything like mafia kidnapping people on the street and then harvesting their organs to sell for profit? I don't know if you see this news, it turns your stomach upside down, realizing how, uh, 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 how evil or wicked our society is. Our society exploits the weak and the poor. Our society disregards the sanctity of human life. They are just a number for some governments. You know, get rid of some, it's all right. Or evil politicians, they get away with murder and theft. And the list goes on and on. We are appalled because in our society, great evil exists today. But the question is, do you feel your stomachs turn upside down when you are faced, when you're facing the mirror and you see yourself and you continue to hold on to certain sins in your life? Does your sin or wicked deed still turn your stomach upside down or it doesn't work for you. I wonder if you, your stomach is turned when you face your own sin. 
and the evil in your life. If not so, then maybe our conscience has become seared. Our conscience no longer does what it is created to do. We have become callous to the conviction of the Holy Spirit whenever we do great evil. It's easy to say, wow, they are so evil, it's so appalling, and yet we don't see that we are also culpable and capable of committing such grave sin. The Bible says that before Christ, we are all enslaved to the deeds of darkness. We are all enslaved by this body of death, our sinful nature. So in Christ, he died on the cross and freed us from the class of sin so that we can become slaves of righteousness. Isn't that great? We no longer need to live in sin, but in the righteousness of Christ. But the dilemma there is, are you experiencing exactly that in your life? You know, the Bible says, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. I can call Jesus Lord of my life, yet my life declares to others that I serve another God. Isn't that true? The time that I use up, I use up for myself more than for God's glory. And that is having two masters. And that's not acceptable because what we're doing is we're giving God lip service. We call him Lord, and yet we are doing something else. No? And that means we are only making a fool out of ourselves. Now, in our passage today, in Genesis chapter 3, we look at the glorious story of God's creation. He manifested His character and power okay, in every day where He created the perfect world. But in chapter 3, we face the sad news of man falling into a cycle of sin. Adam and Eve's sin is not only harmful for both of them. It is harmful for their next generation. It is harmful for all of us, right? It is the downfall not only of man and woman. It is actually the downfall of the entire human race. Because they sinned against God. They disobeyed God. Henceforth, we are in the biblical story of the escalating effects and power of sin. Yes, as much as there is salvation, the tree of life, there is also the Tower of Babel. The escalation of evil where mankind work together to do the evilest and vilest deeds. There's also Sodom and Gomorrah, okay, where the sins of the people, you know, God was so appalled that he destroyed these two cities. And there was also the great, great flood where God tried to wipe out everything so that he could start everything afresh. We see that man is capable of great evil. We also worry about the children on the streets. I don't know if you're aware that there are less 
250,000 street dweller kids in the Philippines today, right? And whenever I see them walking on the street, I wonder about their future, right? Such people roaming around, helpless, begging on the streets, no proper guidance, no parental uh, taking care of them, right? What would happen to them if they grow up? They are at risk of being abused, exploited, influenced with vices. You know, I've seen uh, 10-year-old kids smoking in the street. Bad habits and even coerced to become criminals and do crime for money. Okay, these people, okay, left alone on their own are helpless because also they are entrapped by their sinful nature with no way out. Okay? And so, who is our master today? Is Christ really the master of your life? Or is the world the master of your life? So, in such a way that Adam and Eve chose sin, we also have this tendency to keep choosing sin. So, today we are introduced to the cycle of sin in Israel. They will repent of their sin and they will receive deliverance. And after deliverance, they will, God uh, will give them blessings. And after blessings, they will repeat and go into sin again as a people. And then later on, they will be uh, judged by God. Enemies will come attacking them. They will ask God for help, repent again, and then repeat, and then repent, and then repeat. And it's like us. Right when we have sin in our life, we have a tendency to repent, but repeat instead of being totally free as Christ intended. That's why it's said in in First Corinthians Thessalonians 4, God's purpose for you is to live holy and blameless lives. Right? So are we entrapped? Even though we are free in Christ, then this message will be helpful for you. So for us, it often begins with the corruption of our heart. Corruption of our heart. When Satan twists the truth, when we listen to the lies around us from the world, then our hearts are corrupted. We are drawn closer to tolerate sin and to do the deeds of evil. Right? We are slaves to the sinful nature. I remember when I was still a student, okay, I wanted to really fit in. So, as a way of life, I cheated in every exam, not because I needed to, but because my friends are also the same way. And you know, if you refuse to cheat, then they will reject you, ridicule you, pounce at you, attack you and accuse you of so many things. So just, you know, go with the flow. I didn't need to copy from anyone's test. I can prepare for my own exams. But because I believe this lie that friendship is about fitting in, right? Friendship is about fitting in. I lived out such a way of life. But when I grew in my relationship with God, eventually, 
I started to acknowledge that cheating is wrong. Tama? Na expression na, you started to acknowledge that cheating is wrong. But because I still believe in the lie that friendship is about fitting in, I continue to cheat. Yeah, what am I what do I mean? The lies in our heart are so powerful, these narratives in our head that we believe in are so influential in our life that it becomes our way of life without even trying so hard. And that is what happens when we allow corruption to enter our hearts. I will not get ahead if I don't do this. I will lose all my money if I pay my taxes and pay my employees right. I will uh, experience failure when I don't do what is wrong. Everyone is doing it. My suppliers are doing it. My customers are doing it. So, okay, I will also be doing it to fit in. We allow corruption to enter our heart as the devil twists the truth in our lives. Yes, this is what happened also to the first man and woman. Let's read together this verse. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did you actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Notice what the serpent does. Okay? We will go back to the passage and see the deception that happened. Now, who is the serpent? We get to know that in the last book of the Bible in Revelations 21 verse 9. And let me read that. The great dragon was hurled down. The ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the world, whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Okay, so Genesis 21 verse 9 explained to us that it was not a mere animal in the garden. This was actually Satan, okay, that we're talking about here. So Satan twists the truth so subtly that you will not notice what he was trying to do. First, he makes them doubt the goodness of God. What did Satan say to Eve? Okay. Did God say, what? Tingnan natin, ah. Okay. Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Any tree? Remember what God did in Genesis chapter 1? He gave every fruit-bearing tree for the man and women 
to live on except just for one tree. But Satan starts by saying, did God disallow you to eat from any tree? Meaning all the trees? Okay, and Eve may probably got so affected. Okay, so God is such a celestial killjoy. He is probably not letting us eat of any. So he, this is what she replied. We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. So, where did the touch it come from? That was not from Genesis chapter 2. Okay, where is that actually? Lest you die. You will surely die was the message of God. Okay, so Eve started to have a confusion of what God said, right? And so, Satan sees the opportunity, so he totally turns it around. Well, you will naturally die because Eve started to have doubts. You will, when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. So what is the Satan trying to tell here? God is not good. God is not for you. God is withholding something from you. And when he started to doubt God, he started to doubt God's word, then he, her heart begins to be corrupted. Right? So Satan succeeded in painting a negative picture of God in the heart of Eve. Right? God is this way. Sad to say, we as human beings, if we are not grounded in the truth, we are gullible with lies. Okay, look around you. Fake news makes people, drives people crazy. Right? If you shout on the street going out, there's, some, there's an end of cave in church, you will see people running, barangays rushing, uh, it will reach the, the hospital, and people do crazy things when we have fake news. Trending topic today, if you are Chinese and you look very Chinese and you won't want to fall in line, just cough a little and then everyone just runs away. Then you do not need to, you don't do that. That is wrong. But again, people, when they believe something in their mind and heart, they have the tendency to be led astray. And so when we believe the lies of Satan that God doesn't love us, that God is not for us, that God will not do as He's promised, we allow that corrupted thought to lead us to doubt, then we start to believe that God is not who He truly is. And we are led to consider the world and the flesh. Right? So from corruption, you continue with Compromise. After believing in the lie, the woman surrenders to the world and the flesh. And Adam, sad to say, did not even try to stop her. If you look carefully in Genesis chapter 2, 
the command was only given to Adam. He was not around yet when these laws were given. Right? So, Adam was supposed to know better. But he didn't stop Eve. Neither did he confront the serpent for his lies. Instead, he joined Eve. In other words, Adam was also corrupted to live in compromise. Maybe we're actively compromising our faith or passively being carried along by someone else that does not make us less guilty. So when they fell into compromise, they rationalized that it is all right. It is all right. It is all right. It is all right to do this disobeying act because it is good. God is not good. And so, when the heart is corrupted, wrong started to sound right. And right started to sound wrong. So we have to watch carefully how we are drawn into a compromising life. Okay? So the enemy of every Christian is the world, the flesh, and the devil. The devil tells us lies. The world allures us with things, okay, that draws us away from God and our flesh desires after it. These three are that creates the trap for us or the entrapment for us to get stuck in sin. So what happened? She believed Satan's lies. And so the woman saw the tree was good for food. Wow, tempting. Samgyupsal. Lechon, no? If she felt the same way, wow, ice cream, yung favorite food mo, yung parang. So she started to desire after the fruit, which was forbidden. It was a delight to the eyes. Right? Okay, she was hungry. It was good and pleasing to the eyes. And she wanted also to be like God. Right? And so she took it and ate rationalizing to herself, oh, it's all right. Pros and cons, these are all the pros. Let's do it. And she gave something to her husband who was hit her, and he ate too. Okay? And after that, something terrible happens. Their eyes were opened. They knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves and made themselves loin cloth meaning to cover their private parts, right? So this is what happened from corruption. Now, they started to compromise, okay? So Satan convinces us that black is gray. Okay, there's nothing wrong. It's a gray area, okay? And later on, he will tell us that White is black, and black is white. He confuses us so that we have no other way but to surrender to the lust of the eyes, to the lust of the flesh, and to the pride of life, right? Lust of the eyes, it was pleasing to the eye. Lust of uh, the flesh, okay, it's 
she was hungry. It was good for food. It will satisfy her. And pride of life, she wanted to be wise like God. This is the style of Satan. We have heard this before. So when we start to believe the lie that gray, that black is gray, and later on that black is white and white is black, we tolerate sin. We live in sin. We tell ourselves to err is human. One time is enough. We give in to what the world offers, surrender to our fleshly desires. We compromise and do not act according to what we're supposed to believe. We disregard the truth just this one time. But one time later, you know, goes to a second time, a third time, a fourth time, until it becomes your way of life. When we tell ourselves, brothers and sisters, okay lang maglagay. Right? Because paying the fine is more expensive. It's a waste of time to do what is right. It's all right just this one time. Okay? We're giving the devil, according to Jesus, a foothold. We tell ourselves we can enjoy this friendship with another man or another woman other than our spouse because we have needs. And our spouse is too busy to meet those. It's okay lang. Just this one time. We rationalize that we can take home the supplies in the office because our boss are not treating us right. Just this one time. But that's compromise. It will lead to the first, to the second, until it becomes a way of life. Right? And other than that, it comes with a package, shame and secrecy. Because you know what you did is wrong, you will feel ashamed. You don't want others to know. So you are alone in the battle. And because it's shameful, you will do it in secret. Okay, ganun ba? No? Yung mga gawain natin na patago. And because of that, we have no resources to fight sin. We do not have accountability with other Christians. Okay? And it only pops out when it is already too late. That is what compromise does. Secrecy of sin is a sure path to destruction. Just this one time, nobody knows anyway. Right? Are you in compromising situation that happens again and again? Are you a victim of this shame and secrecy that is set up in your life? From corruption to compromise next is to contradiction. Right? Denying responsibility when we get caught in the act. What happens when someone gets caught in the act? Huli. And what is the knee-jerk response? Ay, hindi ako. Okay, some, somebody said, everyone who gets caught in the act becomes paniki. <laughs> Kasi ang sagot niya, but ako. 
but ako. But daw siya, yun. Anyway, it's not funny. But that's really our response. We started to say, I am not guilty. No, I didn't do it. Right? And after evidence is shown, no, you did it. This is the evidence. Then we will start thinking who to point fingers at. Tama. He's to blame, she's to blame. It happened because of this. It's another man's fault. Okay? We reject the confrontation of God. Yung po yung nangyayari. Let's read together. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Imagine, God didn't confront Adam immediately of his sin. He was looking for him and probably waiting for him to take responsibility over what he did with his wife. But he was busy, hiding, escaping, trying to pass the blame and not responding with the right heart of humility before God. And so God asked, who told you that you were naked? Diba? Huli, caught in the act. Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Obvious. Right? Evidence. And so the man said, okay, the woman you gave me, she gave me the fruit and I ate. Not me. It's her fault. It's her fault. That's what Adam was trying to say. Okay, Adam, bad example of a man. She didn't protect, he didn't protect her wife. He condoned her sin. He was the one who received the commands of God and he pushed all the blame to her. Pero hindi pa tapos, no? So the man, the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? So the woman said, the serpent, serpent deceived me and I ate serpent's fault. He, she deceived me, that's why I ate. Not my fault. Right? But you know, if you look at it, Adam was not blaming Eve. At the bottom line, he was blaming God. It's because of the woman you gave me that I am in this situation right now. Okay? Diba? Gawin nyo sa misis niya, no? Tingnan natin. <laughs> diba? Tingnan natin. Gera talaga. Right? Because that was what Adam did. She, he didn't protect her wife and he left her out. Okay? To hang dry. That's what he just did. So when we are caught in the act 
of sin. Okay, the first action we do is deny responsibility. The second action we do is find someone else or something else to blame. No, we do not choose immediately to take responsibility and humility before God, nor do we try to make amends of the wrong we have done. Yeah, before in, we're at work, now we caught one co-worker stealing big amounts of money from clients. Right? She gives her account number. I deposit it in my personal account. Okay, so when she was caught red-handed, her response was, but, ako. Hindi lang naman ako ah. Siya rin naman may access eh. Baka siya yun. Okay, so she blames an innocent person of her grave mistake. So after presenting evidence, no, she finds something else to evade responsibility. And what she does, she accuses her boss of sexual harassment. That is not true. Okay, I will sue you of sexual harassment if you report me. Panalo na naman siya. But that is the problem no? of the sin cycle. We get stuck, we get caught, and we do not know how to get out. Now, if you are caught in the act by God today, what are the contradictions in your life that He will tell you to get rid of? Yeah. Will you take responsibility and admit it is your choice? Or will you deny guilt and pass the blame? And if so, how will this cycle of sin end in your life? So after compromise to, ano na next? Huh? Next C? Compromise then? Okay, and then? Contradiction? And then now, we talk about the consequence. Consequence. Okay, God gives fair judgment. He gave Adam and Eve a chance to explain themselves, but they didn't take responsibility. He punished everyone involved as they deserved. What are the punishments they received? Let's read. The Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field, on your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Because of your deceitful words, you shall eat dust and crawl on your belly. You will always be in the lowest place. I will put an enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So this is a hidden Christological prophecy here, right? The seed of the woman will crush his head. Referring to the Messiah. But again, that will only be explained in later passages in the Bible. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband but he shall rule over you. 
Yeah, she wanted to gain wisdom. She wanted what is pleasing to the eyes. She wanted what was good for food. And so, childbearing will be a painful reality for her. Now, fact is, not only is the process of giving birth difficult, becoming a mom is even harder. Because a mother ends up giving up everything for their child. What you desire, you will never have. Because you will always serve your children. So some of the singles up out there, they're thinking, ah, hmm, obey the first commandment. <laughs> okay? Naintindihan nyo? So that's part of it. And sabi riyan, you, your desire shall be contrary to your husband and she shall rule over you. So that's the beginning of the battle of the sexes. It's the curse. Right? Desire here is overpower. Okay? It's like, sabi kasi niya sa another passage, sin shall overpower you or desire over you. And he's saying here, there will be this conflict between man and woman in the family as a result. Yeah? So they will no longer be an easy relationship like they had. Adam, on the other hand, because you have listened to the wife, voice of your wife instead of the voice of God, instead of leading your wife to do what is right, you have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat. Curse is the ground before you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life, thorns, thistles, it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. Now in the, in the garden, everything was provided for, but no more. Privileges stripped out. Compensation plan null and void. In other words, Adam, you're fired. You are not all, anymore in my employment in the garden. And your perks are stripped out. You need to fend for yourself from now on outside of the comfort zone God earlier provided. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, you shall return to the ground, from out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. It's talking about death. You will naturally die, says the serpent, but God says, now you will surely die. I wonder how painful it is for God to give the verdict of fair judgment for Adam and Eve. Because they rejected God, now God has to reject them. God serves fair judgment because He is a judge, just God. He will not let the guilty go unpunished. They are no longer allowed to enter the garden to eat from the tree of life, lest they live forever in sin. Now, when we choose to sin, whether it is known or in secret, are you ready to face the consequences? Adam and Eve's sin placed 
all of us under the wrath of God. How about you? Are there sins that you're committing and you are, you know, abusing God's delayed judgment? Sin will find you out if you allow it more and more in your life. And finally, Adam and Eve was driven out of the presence of God. They were cast out of the presence of God. They will no longer hear the footsteps of God in the garden, talking with them, how are you? They will no longer have God as their sure provider. They have to toil. They will no longer have dominion over all creation because they chose sin and corrupted the perfect image of God given to them. And this is what we call to be separated from God. Separated from God, present and for all eternity. That is such a harsh and difficult punishment to face. It will no longer be the same henceforth for man and God. God's children will now be his enemies. If you had broken trust between a friend, right? Or between your spouse or between family members and you feel really deeply hurt, you know, life doesn't just go on, okay? The relationship will be put under strain. It will not easily go back the way it is. It takes lots of hard work and effort, counseling time. If you really value that relationship, to be restored. It's not easy. Okay? So it is harder than you think. It is something you cannot do. Therefore, says here, God sent him out of the garden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed a cherubim with a flaming sword that turned away, that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life so that no man can reach it, right? But God showed mercy. God showed mercy to Adam and Eve, right? Before pushing them out of the garden, God gave them proper attire, a garments of skin. From what? Okay. Some scholars said, this was the first probable animal sacrifice. You know, God had to, sana nga yung serpent na lang, no, leather. <laughs> okay? Some animal was, yeah, killed and his skin made into clothing for Adam and Eve. And it says that that is exactly a foreshadowing of Jesus. Right? Because by his death, we are saved. By his wounds, we are healed. By suffering, we are set free. If you are living under the wrath of God, then you need God's mercy. You need to get right with God. And we get right with God 
there's only one way. Only one way. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. Okay? Ask God to forgive you of your sin. Acknowledge responsibility over your uh, um, wrong choices. And surrender your life to God. One of the panget na character sa Lion and the Witch and the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe is Prince Edmund, right? Because he sold his family for dessert. And later on, because she took the dessert from the evil witch, okay? who is a representation of Satan, okay, because C.S. Lewis, who wrote this, is a Christian. And then he just simply cannot get out. So in the story, okay, Edmund will still become one of the kings of Narnia. And it took the lion to sacrifice his life. So that he can be what he was called to be. And so this is a picture of the human race. Erring against God and given a second chance. And that second and final and only chance spells J-E-S-U-S. Jesus is the answer to the end of the cycle of sin. When Jesus was tempted for 40 days in the wilderness with the last of the eyes, Satan said, look at the kingdoms of the world. I will give them to you. Bow down to me. The last of the flesh. Turn these rocks to food. Feed yourself. Okay, you are tired and hungry. And the pride of life. Right? Throw yourself down. Throw yourself down and see if the Lord will catch you with his angels. Prove who you are. You are the son of God, the pride of life. Jesus overcame each temptation by quoting from the word of God and resisting the devil. Okay? That's the problem with us. We allow corruption, tolerate it in our life. And then we rationalize compromise. And then we start, you know, defending our contradictions until we are deep in consequences and we are separated from God. So this is why Jesus died for you and me on the cross to be freed from the cycle of sin. But if the cycle of sin continues in your life, there are only two reasons. One, you are not really in Christ. Because continuing in a life of sin is a mockery to what Christ did on the cross for you. He died for your sin so that you can be freed from its entrapment. Or second is, you continue to give the devil a foothold. That's why, right? Sabi, resist 
the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Actions that we must do, okay? We must emulate Christ in every way as his followers. We must know the word. The word is truth. We must study it, internalize it, and believe it. Hold on to it. Resist the devil. Hold on to the word of God. Repent. Believe. Obey. Tama na si repent. Repeat. Repent, repeat. Be done with the downfall because Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Right? Do not allow yourself to continue to be trapped by the lies of the enemy. But instead, cling on to Christ who has given you the freedom to live a holy life. You know, spend time in the Word. Immerse in His Spirit in prayer. Repent. Believe in Him. And obey. Okay, this is the life. Now, of course, we are in the process of sanctification. When we see sin in our life, repent. Lord, I have offended you. I take responsibility. I am wrong. Believe. No? Lord, I believe in your promise, in your word, that Jesus died for my sins, that I am set free from the pattern and cycle of sin because of what you have done. And that your desire is for me to live a holy and godly life. Obey. Now strive to stay in God. But when you slip again, go back to repent, believe, obey. Hindi repent, repeat, repent, repeat. Kasi sa repent, repeat, repent, repeat, mag, ang katatapusan yan is you are already numb, seared. Your conscience doesn't snap anymore. Okay? So we're studying Genesis chapter 3 and it is a picture of what we are. We are sinners saved by grace today because we are in Christ. We already have those fulfilled. Christ has become the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. Right? Like a slaughtered animal, he died so that we can freed from the cycle of sin and death. We are, okay? The, we have the answer. Jesus gave himself so that we can live. May this understanding of the cycle of sin help us to reevaluate how we can live lives that honor God because we are in Him and He has promised to never leave us or forsake us. He has promised to give wisdom to those who ask. He has promised His Holy Spirit to overcome. He has given us so many things. Okay? He has done everything for us to live a holy and sinless life. Why keep listening to the lies of the enemy? Can we bow down our heads briefly? Let us ask God, to help us to live lives that reflect that we are children of the King, 
we are saved in Christ. We are freed by Christ. You know, ask the Lord to give you a strong hunger of the truth again and again today. Uh, thank you, Pastor LJ, for that message. And as a response, um, let us sing this song through the precious blood. Sufferings we carry out your plan and our fleeting sorrows will yield an endless prize when some bright tomorrow will see you with our eyes and grace upon Oh 